the revamped podcast hosted by Lindsay Hepner. Rebuilding the digital entrepreneur. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Um, I'm with Rampage Jackson and, or do you want to be called Paige? Right now, whatever or? you want to call me, I love the way you said my name. By the way, really? Oh yeah. Which part, page or rampage? I love it. Oh my goodness. Really? Do you guys want me to step out of the room? Yeah, can you step out of the room. <laughs> um, and then we have Tiki, who's on his phone right now, which is Sorry. so ridiculous. That's what he does all day. That's how I make a living. Yeah, I know, but um, we all we all want to make a living right now. I'm selling your feet pics. I'm selling your feet pics. I was actually just going to get into that. Um, Paige, do you like feet? Yeah. You do? I like feet. I, I like feet. I love them, but I, I'm weird. I don't have any fetishes. Yeah, but I'm an ass man, and, a, and that's a, a fetish. Man. No, I don't so, have a fetish about it. So, I like what I like. Okay, so what would describe a fetish? I think, I think, in my opinion, I think a fetish is like when, and this is my opinion, when people like look go a little bit too far, they cross over the line a little bit too much. Like I don't be sleeping with feet on my face and shit. <laughs> you know, what just saying? ass on your face. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a little ass on your face. But that's the same thing. Okay, you, you got me there. <laughs> your fetish is ass. I have an ass fetish? <laughs> I was today years old when I learned I had an ass fetish. Yeah. No, I, no I'm an ass man. I, I'm an ass connoisseur. You know, like some people are connoisseur of wines and dimes. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of ass. And ketchup. Yeah, ketchup. Yeah, how about, I, I how, about how about ketchup on feet and ass? Now this is would gross. you be into that? This, this is, is getting into a, a different podcast. <laughs> this turned to an ass cast. Um, yeah, I learned really quickly that I Paige think, loves I ketchup. Think you're going to be in an ass cast if you ever got to you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Her mom listened to this podcast. Yeah, but my mom will approve of this. She's like, "You did great." Oh wow! <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That's literally all she'll say. Is like, "I'm so proud of you." <laughs> wow. She'll be like, that was a really weird, informative thing you guys said, but I'm proud of you. She's very positive. She should be on your podcast. Yeah, that's great. Um, So I guess, you know, I, you know, we we can all, we're going to do this on text later too. It's just like make fun of each other. But I really, really respect the hustle you have done for so long. And I, you know, grew up in Orange County. So UFC has always been like a sport I've loved to watch. I love, um how much you guys have to train and like I feel like in a lot of ways business is like that like you have to keep training to be good at something you know and develop into who you want to be so for people out there who don't know what MMA is can you kind of explain what what the sport is um for people that are not in the UFC world you want to take it you want to do that Tiki Tiki been fighting longer than me no 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 you I actually have but yeah. If you don't know what MMA is at this point, then you are under a rock. Yeah, you live under a rock. It doesn't even matter because you probably... Yeah, Conor McGregor put our sport on the map, but MMA is a mixed martial arts. It used to be called, what, NHB back in the day? No, no, holds, bar- no holds barred. No holds barred. Really? Yeah, that sounds so weird. Yeah, because back in the day, it was no rules. Oh, okay, Our sport has evolved a lot, but mixed martial arts, you know, you... Um, you Take your martial art that you know, mm-hmm. and you fight somebody else versus their martial art that, that they already know. And over the years, it evolved to most people training Muay Thai kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and wrestling. Got it. And some people throw in boxing, and some people throw in judo and karate and all these things. And you just 
see see who's the best at you know at your martial art. But most of the times you're going to fight somebody that knows the top three: uh, Muay Thai, kickboxing, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and and wrestling. And what what were you most known for? And I have a lot of people that aren't in the UFC world, so that's why I'm kind of trying to oh, break yeah, it down for gotcha. them. So yeah, I yeah. mean, well, that's fair. Yeah. I started off as a wrestler. I started late in life at sports. I started wrestling at 17. Okay. And and so um, when I started mixed martial arts, I started with wrestling. Then I'm, I moved actually here to California and started training with Tiki after my first amateur fight. At so, 17? No, no, no. I, it was at the college. Oh, okay, got it. I was Go like ahead. 20. Yeah, okay. I was like 20, 21 when I moved here. And what's what's the normal age for people that get into this sport? Like way younger than 17? Nowadays? Yeah. I mean, as early as three. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, does that, stunt, does that stunt your growth or anything? Just training that hard or? No. no. If you lift weights that young, maybe. But doing martial arts, no. You can you can start martial arts around three, four years old, five years old. Got it. Yeah. 17, you started? Yeah, I started wrestling at 17. Uh, then I went to college for wrestling. I got injured, and so I went back home, and then I started helping. Uh, after I healed up, I started helping one of my friends who I used to wrestle with in high school. Um, he he wanted me to help him train for a fight, mm-hmm. and um, I started helping him train for a fight. He he introduced MMA to me. I was helping him train for a fight, and a champion of Memphis uh, had a fight, and his opponent pulled out three days notice, and they threw me in the fight. Oh, so you were just like. You were there at the right time. Yeah, and then I ended up beating a champion. Wow. And they said, oh, you, you got to be a fighter now. So I moved out here to Huntington Beach to start training uh, with Fabiano Iha, and that's where I met Tiki, and I've been training with him ever since. You guys have known each other for a long time. Yeah. How, oh, many, yeah. how many years? It's been like 18, 20, 18, no, 20 no, years. It's been about 20 Shit. years now. You're I'm, old. I'm, I'm, I'm old now. I'm catching old. up, though. Me, me and Tiki are like at 15. Uh, for at real? least, yeah. Yeah. I forget how we met. Did we meet on a foot chat line? Uh, I think that was. <laughs> no, I think back page. What? Huh? Uh, no, how did we meet though? Seriously. Oh, weren't you a masseuse? No, but I was your assistant at one point. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But oh. um, <laughs> I'm learning more. An and more. assistant <laughs> that was really bad at her job. Let's so, just say so that. So Tiki has sucked your toes, is what you're saying. <sighs> no, okay. let's not talk about that. We both we both do have that interest of liking feet, though. Oh, okay. But, no, but there was uh, his, never his is at a different Lindsay level. But, what? There was never anything between us. No, we've always been friends. Because I know how to run away from predators. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Tiki on this show, How to Catch a Predator. <laughs> Is Chris I Hansen? know, me too. I saw him too. <laughs> I saw that episode. Like, <laughs> is one of yeah. these guys Chris Hansen? Yeah. <laughs> is this a setup? <laughs> Wait, so how old were you when you had your first professional fight? Like after meeting Tiki, like how much, uh, how many more years was it? Where it, it, wasn't, like, it wasn't that long. My first professional fight was in the King of the Cage it was versus Marvin Eastman. Okay. And I think, I think, uh, I think I was 21, 22 up in there, 21 maybe. For me, that's like when I think about like people in their twenties. Uh, I'm obviously not in my twenties, but um, I feel like that's so crazy because the level of training at that time. I mean, at that age, you know, to be super disciplined. I mean, when you're 21, you want to do everything and you just want to have fun, and right? So to be training for like competitive sport, especially this one. I I, I see you Tiki all the time, like yeah, training. Yeah, I, I think training for that. For MMA back in the day and uh-huh. HB, yeah, was a lot harder than it is now because now now you have dedicated coaches and for the discipline you're trying to train in, yeah. 
yeah. kind of when we started, it was kind of like, all right, suit up, put your shin pads on, put a mouthpiece in, mm-hmm. maybe a headgear, and yeah. then boxing gloves, and then beat the shit out of each other. And it wow. was fun. That, yeah. that, that was fun for me. I, I used to love it a lot more back then before all the injuries. Really, yeah. Yeah, so for me, training and fighting was fun. What was you said that you had an injury really young? What was it? What was your injury? Uh, he had a broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I injured my knee in, in college, okay, re- really bad. And uh, yeah. I, I, I never went to the hospital, so I don't know what happened to it. They just kicked me out and and I, I let it heal up on its own. Took a it took a, uh, like a year or so for me to heal it up. And you know, I came into the sport with a bum knee and I just babied it, but then later on, I just ended up turning my meniscus. Yeah. So maybe that what maybe that's what it was back in the day. And and for for you guys to meet up and um, at that time, Teak, you were you were training as a fighter too, yes. weren't you? So yep. you weren't managing. Were you you weren't no, managing? No, I had just I had just fighting. no, I was just training. Yeah. Was, this was pro, no, this is right. I had opened uh, my first gym. Got it. And I remember that that was that the same gym that yeah, I, I've been to. A, yeah. yeah. With the graffiti on the wall. Yeah. I, re- the I mean, gosh, I I've known. Yeah. So it was. What five years difference between your guys' relationship and mine? Probably. So definitely, I remember um, the the first gym that you had, but also too, um, Teak. Like you were a fighter. I I definitely remember you being a fighter because you had like three streaks in your beard. You look like a gay porn star, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there wasn't a lot of money in fighting back then. Okay? <laughs> but also, you have to make too, the money somehow. Oh my gosh, I just remember coming, going over to his house, and like him taking a Q-tip and like yeah. bleaching it. I'm like, you are so ridiculous. I did that in front of you. Yeah, of Jeez. course. You I were, can't believe you he were, got rid of it. I can't believe he stopped yeah, doing it. Yeah, it was like your signature. I know. I remember the first time I did sign a lot of people with it. <laughs> I bet. I mean, I remember the first time I saw him without it. Yeah, and like, uh, he yeah I was you're normal. <laughs> it was crazy. I didn't even recognize him. Yeah, we was in a group of like it was like a group of three dudes. Yeah, and I needed him for something, and I walked up to all three. I'm like, hey, what Tiki at? He was he looked me dead in the eyes like I'm right here, you dick. <laughs> Like, oh, we're about this far from each other. I'm like, I didn't recognize. Wait, did him. you really not think it was? Him? Oh, that was he that just was looked real. like a regular fifty-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So wait, Teak. I I just have to like kind of touch this a little bit more. Like, how whoa, many years? Whoa, how, hold on. He's oh, here. Wait till later. You know what? We we do everything in open open conversation. Um. How how many years were you fighting? Because you like were the like pioneer like part of the pioneer group of so, like Dana so White and 1998 1998 so when did you meet Dana because I know you guys are really I met good Dana friends. in 2000 2001 no 2000 okay so that's when he was like his side seeing, piece yeah, no his, Dana was actually he was he was coaching some some boxers. Mm-hmm. I think he did a little bit of managing for them too, but he was actually just working at a gym oh, that the Fertitas owned. Okay, got it. So how did he, I mean, just because you know him very well, like how did that all just turn into, I mean, what it is now? Like it's huge. It's an entrepreneurial success. Oh, and- it's huge. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is before I had met Dana, I had fought in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So there was another group that owned it it was the seg sports entertainment group and a guy named bob marowitz okay um and uh i had a buddy of mine who was helping me out and we would all stay at his house in vegas and train and and actually it was wayne and then john lewis and john lewis ended up introducing us to dana 
and the Fertitas. And we would go there and train at the gym inside the Fertitas actual offices. Yeah. It was off of uh, Sahara back then. Okay. So, um, and then. And, and so, was, Dan, so Dana ended up uh, managing myself, Chuck Liddell, Tito, and John Lewis. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So you you were managed by Dana White at one point. Yeah, I was. Wow. That's, that's pretty epic. I didn't even know that. See, I, I love learning things about friends. Um, and then Rampage, you met Tiki. And you guys were just friends, and you guys just started training together, or how? No, did he, that... so he actually moved from Memphis to come to my gym. Okay, got it. So yeah. he, but you started training at your gym, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we we trained under um, Colin Oyama. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Col- uh, Colin was teaching me uh, Muay Thai. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I saw I saw um, Tiki and Rob training and hitting the pads and and sparring. I'm like, man, I want to fight like that. So I started training with them. Is is this always been something like that you've wanted or like were your aspirations like obviously you got into this sport like around 17 but before then were was this always something you were like really interested in well growing up i wanted to be a pro wrestler you know i'm from memphis and pro wrestling is really big there and my older brother was a um big pro wrestling fan so i grew up a a pro wrestling fan i always wanted to do that that's why i started wrestling because uh you know um the part of town I grew up in, you know, we only had like football and basketball at the school. Yeah. And then we moved to a different part of Memphis and had wrestling. I thought it was pro wrestling. So I signed up for the team and it was collegiate wrestling. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, I came with the, you know, saying the little booty shorts and everything like the pro wrestling <laughs> wear the, the long boots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I showed up and everybody looked at me like I'm stupid. Like, what, what the fuck are you wearing? Oh my God. Like yeah. Nacho Libre. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to be like the ultimate warrior. Yeah, I was going around bench pressing everybody and stuff, and they were like, "No, nah, that's the wrong type of wrestling." So I figured, like, okay, I just I do this if I can slam people because I, I like picking people up and slamming them. So I started I started wrestling. I didn't know anything about MMA. Yeah, and and until after college, and uh, like I said, I helped my friend train for a fight. He took me to a. a, a he took me to my first MMA fight. It was an amateur fight, and and I saw what it was. Like, wow, it, it looks cool. You know, I grew up fighting in the street, yeah. And I thought that it'd be something that, that I'd be good at. Well, I mean, obviously, you've proved everyone that you're good at it. <laughs> I like what, fighting. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, okay. So I was talking to the team before we came on, and I feel like you have two strong names. You have Rampage, and you have like the the Mike Tyson of UFC like that's how people look at you like that is a big that's mm. a big deal too. I, I should have kept the knockout streak going a little bit more I don't think I deserve that name I I didn't I didn't knock out as as many people as I needed to to earn that title but I think how also, many people is I don't even know how many knockouts I got but I just know I you don't got, got a enough. lot look at yeah that. I mean but also too it, it's more so like even y- who you are like when people know who you are i i feel like you like and in your time you were the conor mcgregor like even for me you know so like you were very much an, a household name everyone knew you you had your own persona you had this like you know hot, bigger than life kind should of- i change my name to conor mcnigger <laughs> No. <laughs> is that a thumbs up or a thumb down? I don't know. Team? Team? What, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Thumbs up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> All right. Call me Conor McNigger. 
that just really turned. Um, no, I, I think that's really cool. Like you have like multiple names and people respect you. And I think that's a huge, you know, come, you know. You know, my goal, my goal, you know, for this was just to be like one of the most exciting fighters. When I first started fighting, MMA wasn't popular at all. And um, I had no idea I was going to get this popular. My main goal when I started was, you know, I moved here with, with nothing. I, I left my job and my my house and my, my, my favorite truck. I left everything at home, my family. My little sister was eight years old when I when I, when I I moved, and she was my favorite sibling. I, I sacrificed all that mm-hmm. to move here to be a fighter. And so my first goal was, like, you know, pay my, pay my bills so I can eat, you know, because yeah. – it was hard for me to get a job and stuff when I first moved here and stuff, and it was it was really hard. It was it was a big sacrifice, but I, I didn't know what what the sport was going. But I I said, you know what? If I'm if I'm really excited, maybe I can make a living at this. And and then my goal was to like help my family back at home, help them back help them back out. Cause well, I think that it's so important to do like personally. I feel like in business money will always come if you do something you really love, yeah. you know, and you work very hard for it. And this obviously showed that, you know, you did sacrifice a lot, but you, you saw like you were so driven to be a part of something that you saw would, would be a big thing, you know, like you had to, at some level be like, I know this is going to be a big sport. Well, when I, when I started fighting in Japan, it was way bigger in Japan than it was here. And that's when I figured like, Oh wow, the sport is like really huge in other parts of the world mm-hmm. but it just wasn't huge here in america which i i kind of liked because uh you know i i never started this sport for for the attention and stuff and like i said back then only hardcore fans even watch you know mma excuse me uh especially in japan and um and back home it was only dudes watching it so it's like it's yeah. not like basketball players and and football players where they have groupies and stuff. So, you know, you know, we all like a little groupies here and there, but for my sport back then we weren't getting no groupies. Oh. So I was so you know, I'm a I'm a man. I, I want groupies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you had groupies when we went to Hawaii. Um Did I? Yeah, I feel like we anywhere we walked, people oh, were like freaking out that you were there. Oh, that's that's re- that was recent. Yeah. But back back in the day it was It was probably worse. It was worse. It was, it was no, no, it was no groupies. No, no, no. That now it's worse. It's worse now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Back then, not many people knew who he was, especially when oh. he was fighting in Japan. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I under feel, the radar. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm more so meant probably around the time that you became a household name. Um, it was probably really crazy. I'm sure. Right. Mm. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't yeah, I mean, I, I would say big in the underground MMA community. Yeah. And then it is pretty. I think, cr- I think way, it really blew up for him now. when yeah. he fought in UFC. Yeah, when I fought got in it. UFC, people didn't know who I was until I fought Chuck Liddell. That's when it. That's when it got crazy. Got the it. next day. Yeah. That's when it got crazy. Got it. Well, I mean, how was that too? I mean, Chuck Liddell is very entertaining to watch yeah. but so are you so i yeah. mean that well th- a lot of people don't know that he fought chuck in, yeah. J- in japan first oh he really had, so he you had, had a second t- a second yeah. chance to fight him right yeah. he, he so, already knocked him out got it and yeah. it didn't really like break news here nobody right? knew no nobody knew, knew. And oh T- tiki said he won a lot of money on that fight because a lot of people thought i was going to lose so i was an <gasps> underdog well yeah but that's so good that's so good to be over here and thinking that because everyone you know what i mean yeah. like that's great i was a big underdog a lot of my close friends won a lot of money on that fight well so okay Coming here and fighting him, like, what uh, did you think that your career was going to catapult after that? 
Like, what was your thought process during that time? I mean, I that's such know. a big deal. I mean, uh, he's yeah, I became house- the I became the champion. It was like my second fight in the UFC, and I became the champion. Your second fight in the UFC. Is that normal? Well, he he did come over from another organization. I came over from the he, Pride he, was the biggest he, organization in the world at the time. And he was you were the champ at the time of the. No, movie, right? I wasn't champ of Pride. You were, no. Oh no, you got the belt from Dan. Yeah, I got the belt from Dan. But uh-huh. I mean, how how how. How long does it usually take for someone like an athlete? How many fights to make a title run? To make, I, I, no, I'd to, say six or seven, but at that time he okay. he was such a big name in MMA, Got and it. coupling with the fact that he had already knocked Chuck out. Yeah, Chuck was and on. His, Chuck was the champion at the time. Yeah, and Chuck was he was on his role where he was uh, coming back defeating everybody that beat him in the past. Mm-hmm. He was on his rematch, and I was the last guy that he hadn't. Can't you know? Uh, what's the word? He hasn't. Um, Exacted revenge. Yeah. Oh, is that the word? Is that the term? I don't know. It sounded good, right? Yeah, it sounded really good. I'm like, yeah, wait, I couldn't think of UFC it. Yeah. terminology. Yeah. So I was the last guy that he needed to, to defeat to to um, get revenge on everybody that beat him in his. In his wow. Yeah. So once that happened, you you got the belt, yeah. right? So yeah. how long had did you have the belt after that? I had, well, I had it for like a year, maybe. I had it with what I fought after that. I fought um, Dan Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only I only won one more fight. After I fought he Dan. Defended Henson. against Dan Anderson, and then there was a controversial loss with was it Forrest? Yeah, Forrest Griffin. Yeah, yeah they. Oh, I love Forrest. Yeah, this, he's in, a good this interview's over. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he's, he's no, a, I'm kidding. He's, he's awesome. He's, he's a good I, guy. I think like he seems like a good guy, he, and he, I like he's how he a great fights. Guy. Honestly, I think he knew he didn't win that fight, but I didn't like how he acted like he won that fight. You Got know, it. when I when I when I've I've won fights where I thought that I lost, and I, I and I kept it real. I was like, no, nah, I don't think I won that fight. Got it. Like my fight with with Ninja, I kind of felt like he he could have got the decision. I was like, oh, I think Ninja won the fight, but but at the time, you know, then you go back and you watch the fight because you, you don't remember what happens in the fight yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Then I I went back and watched the fight. I said, okay, I see how they gave it to me, but he he only won like two out of out of uh, three rounds. And uh, hold on, hold on, that was five round fight. Right? Yeah, I believe so. He won two rounds. I won three, and and. I don't know how to, I don't know how he could be like satisfied with himself from winning a belt like that. Me, I've always fought with honor. That's why. I, that's awesome. That's why I try not to do anything dirty. If I if I do anything dirty in the fight, it's totally an accident because I, I want to be the best in the fight. I want to win with honor. Well, that's I think that's why you know I really appreciated always have like being around you and obviously Tiki. I mean, for anyone who's listening, he's two people have such great integrity and they're so honest and transparent about business. And I think that's, uh, that's really important in this day and age because there's a lot of people that are not like that. So oh, yeah. I, I always respect when I can be around people like that. Cause that's how I run my business yeah. and just being a good person. It always wins at the yeah. end of the day. So, um, what is the training though on something like that? Like Chuck Liddell, like, Anyone who says that name knows who that is. I mean, even if you don't really know UFC, I feel like in some aspect you know who that is. Yeah. What is the training for something like that? Oh, that training camp was really hard. Um, well, we went to Big Bear, and that's where I met Congo. Okay. Um, By the way, I love Congo. He's, he's great. Sweet. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, we met Congo. We brought Congo over from France because he's a great striker, and uh, I needed I needed somebody to um, kick my ass in the gym. So. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd be like really ready for the fight, and I remember that camp being super hard, super hard. I remember the old coach at the time; he um, used to turn the gym up over a hundred degrees. I wow. hated that. I hated yeah. that. 
but that, that made the camp so hard. It, it made me so mad that it didn't matter who was getting in that cage with me that day. I was going to try to kill him. <laughs> well, I mean, also, too, I feel like, yeah, just for anyone who's trying to get into this sport, like, you have to have gnarly discipline and, and yeah. go, you know, how many hours was it a day? I think it was totally like six hours a day training. Okay. It was only That's six. A, it wasn't yeah, that bad. Six is about average. Yeah. Okay. About two. Well, five, five to six. Yeah, five to six. Yeah. I two, for- two hours each, <clears throat> each, each practice. And you train three times a day. I mean, I was here the other day with Tiki, and who are you training that like lost like 10 pounds in like two hours? Oh, Juan? Yeah, I was yeah. like, how? Juan Archuleta. Teach he's, me he's your fi- ways. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's fighting for the title next Saturday. Yeah, he's so skinny right now. Yeah. I mean, he he dropped a lot of weight, but... I'm he's from, ripped, he's shredded. Yeah, from that two hours you said that he lost oh, that yeah. much weight, I was like, oh my God, that's... Cr- you know, if you could teach me how to do that, I will sell out of a book to women <laughs> how to lose 10 pounds in two hours. Wow. It's not always the healthiest I, I, way. It's not the healthiest, you put it right but back I mean, on, that's though. impressive. You put it right back on yeah, when you hydrate. Th- think, think about it as like wringing out a sponge got it and yeah then, and then uh sinking it underwater again but but you it back up but you lose weight doing that though because you keep it off if you keep if you constantly yeah i mean like he, he looks great yeah. he looks he looks ready oh he's ready he's ready yeah, he we, looks ready we leave, we leave monday for that that fight's in connecticut well i i know he's gonna win so and i'm putting you positive right. energy yeah, out to positive. that damn right i know by the way tiki is a hustler and he's a great manager friend and great at what he's doing. And I think also too, what's really important about business is you've already been through it. You've been a, a fighter. So you know what it takes to be one. And it's so great that you manage great people like this because you already know where they're at and where they need to be at. And it's the same in my business, like being a model and then going into an agency and knowing what these models need from me, you know, and I know how to um, help them and, yeah, and or build you know them. how to how to manage and deal and navigate through the personalities and exactly and different issues or yeah, and and it's and they respect you more because you've already been through it. You know the the hustle and you know how hard it is to train and right. all that stuff. It's it's a better partnership, I think. And with you guys being together and like, when did you guys when did you start wanting Tiki to manage you? Like, how did that happen? Um, I learned Tiki was a manager kind of late. I actually got mad at Tiki because <laughs> he didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, he didn't tell me. I could have saved millions of dollars. It's always my fault. It's always Tiki's fault because I didn't know. I didn't know Tiki was a manager, and um, I I thought that um, you know it's a good idea. A lot of uh, former fighters, like retired fighters, should get into managing, especially the um, honest ones. And uh, I can't remember exactly. I can't remember exactly when, but I, I've had. My last two managers, I can't say their names because they probably like inching to sue me again, <laughs> and they would just they just like rip just like rip me off and and uh, and one ripped me off and then sued me for saying that he ripped me off and oh. and and I, it's like it just left a bad taste in my mouth. So um, when I actually didn't want a manager, I didn't want a manager anymore. I said, you know what? Even though I don't know how to read contracts and stuff, I would just hire an attorney. Mm-hmm. And um, and just ne- do all the negotiations stuff myself because managers just just left a bad taste in my mouth. But when I found out Tiki was a manager, I was like, well, you know, um, he he's he he's he know he knew Dana White and he's really in good with Dana White. Most of the time, Dana White hates managers, and and I just thought that uh, he knew more about the sport than any attorney would and any yeah. other manager. So I thought, oh. My, and I trust Tiki, and I've been knowing him for a long time. Like, oh, this might be a good fit. So I was mad at Tiki for not becoming a manager years before. 
Well, I think that that says a lot about you, Teek, because like obviously Dana respects you, uh, and that's a big deal. And I agree with you. I've seen him not be so happy about a lot of people, but also with me, you've always been so transparent, like so honest, and um, it also is it shows like with every person I've met through you, they like respect you so much and you are always looking out for them. And obviously that's probably why rampage was mad because it's hard to find good people in this industry that aren't looking at you as a paycheck. Yeah. Meal tickets. Yeah, exactly. But as a friend and in this sport, I mean, I, I think it's probably hard for like, how is the process of that? Like of finding fighters who, so like, I, I still think it's, it's the wild, wild, wild west and you know, MMA Got it. and yeah, if you're a fighter, you're going to want somebody that, you know, you need the buffer between talent and promotion, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that can, you know, cut the shit and yeah. get a deal done and, and, and speak for you, Yep. you know, but everybody, every single fighter always thinks they need to get paid more everybody thinks they need they deserve this they deserve that and i can see it from both both angles you know i can yeah, see it from you, the promotion side i can see it from the yeah. fighter side yeah and it's easy to kind of you know bridge that gap mm-hmm. when it comes to it um there, there's a lot of i mean as mma has grown so quickly there's a lot of people that think they can fight that think they can get into the industry and think that oh it's easy i'm just gonna go you know find a first i'm going to find a trainer or i'm going to find a gym or you know or i'm going to find you know a strength and conditioning coach and everybody's just going to do this for me yeah for free yeah it doesn't really work that way yeah and and how is how is it like how do you find people like in the sense like what makes you attracted to someone that you think can be a fighter and be you know because there's like obviously a lot of um different genres of business where you know you might look the part more so than actually be the athlete you know like right. you might have the persona and everything and even too like just an example like connor is so funny and so like over the top and a lot of times it's like it doesn't matter if like for someone like me i'm like okay cool he might lose a fight but he's still entertaining right you know so how much right now in this sport is entertainment versus actually you, you, being ha- good? you have to have both and, yeah. and connor has both yeah he's a he's a great fighter and he his personality sells Mm-hmm. Right, it's not an act. It's, yeah, that's him. But how do you find like if you're out there looking for new fighters? I mean, I feel like you have such a gnarly roster, and you have a lot of people that it's you're, hard to come across. Yeah. Conor McGregor's though, like a lot of fighters, yeah. they seem too shy to even. I think a good gimmick and 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 to be like exciting and entertaining even before you get into the cage is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always like I said, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler, so that's always been my my style to I just like to entertain people when when I'm in a mood when when I'm rampage yeah love to entertain people but I've been I've been looking at fighters and and, and watching like a lot of people just mundane and, and kind of boring yeah like and outside you, of you don't remember them either right. like you want to be memorable you right know, there's, right? there's got to be you have to have the it factor yeah you have to have a personality mm-hmm. you have to be able to fight yeah you know and you have to have some common sense Enrique Iglesias's wife, Anna Kornikova. Is that, is that okay? I didn't know. Yeah, they've been married that. forever and they've been dating forever. But it, a perfect example is her, where she was, she was the, like, if you thought of women's tennis, you thought of her hmm. before um, the sisters. What's her name? Serena Williams. Yeah, Serena and them. Um, before them, you thought of Anna, but she was horrible at tennis. You know? She lost a lot. She lost all the time. For real? 
but she was so memorable. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She was on every magazine. She was the it girl. Yeah. She, she's good looking. Is that why? He, yeah. She was, yeah. I think because she, she was blonde and you know, that whole she thing. She wore a short but tennis skirt. Yes. Oh. I think they all did. Didn't they? Oh, didn't they? Yeah. I, don't know. I didn't yeah. really watch it. But I, but, but I feel like even people that didn't watch the sport, they knew about her. So. I've heard that name before. Konakova. Yeah. I heard that name. Exactly. Before. She was in Maxim. She was everywhere. Was she in Playboy? I don't think she did Playboy. Oh. I feel like she's a little bit too, um, you know, oh, okay. like conservative for that. Oh. Um, but just in that sense, I didn't know if UFC was turning into that where it's like, okay, there's. No, I mean, I think UFC is looking for fighters. Right? Yeah. And if, and if they and have, if they, have if they, if they can entertain more. and they have a personality, then it's, you know, even better. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, um, I so when I'm looking, for, yeah, when I'm looking, if I'm scouting a fighter or looking for a fighter, First, you got to make sure that they have the work ethic. Yeah. That they know that they, you know, can fight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I do an interview process. I want to make sure that, you know, the guy is not, you know, living beyond his means or expecting, you yeah. know, too and, much. And how many how many of these people are just like coming right out of like not never done a fight or you know what I mean? Are you are you usually looking for? Um, fighters that have already kind of been in the game i'm so or? i'm not normally looking okay right? so most yeah. of most of them will approach me which is nice um but if there's somebody that you know i i see and i, I go okay that i have an eye for it if that person can fight and they have the it factor they have the look they can talk Got you know, it. they would be entertaining yeah then i mean it's gonna help do they have a following do they even know what social media is because i mean there's there's people that don't that's that's okay so i'm obviously in the you know that's my business is social media how much has it really i mean just like you said right now in and what you're looking for you're looking for someone who has a following i mean how important is that for this sport it's it's everything yeah if you can fight you you can and you win and you're gonna win every time then you can write your own paycheck Mm -hmm. but Losses are going to happen. Yeah. So you have to make sure that they, you know, they, they're able to make ancillary money on the side through social media, through sponsors, through, you know, you know, different, different avenues. Yeah. You know, fighting is a small window. Mm-hmm. You probably have a good eight years, you know, of prime fighting to be able to earn. And then you better figure out a backup plan. So what, what's normally the backup plan for, um, for UFC fighters. I mean, I, I, I know you were saying like, it's good to turn into a manager because it makes sense to stay in the game. And like, you know, that role of, um, obviously being in the business. Um, and I agree with you. I think the pivot of UFC and if you have a social platform is such a great way to just keep on those, keep those brand deals going because you have that platform brands. That's all they want to do right now is just, right. I mean, the most common would be a trainer. Yeah. That that, that was, uh, the most common thing then I'm not gonna say say their name but a popular fight promotion opened up a, a, a chain of gyms mm-hmm. and that I think that kind of messed up uh, the retirement for a lot of MMA fighters got it what why why so to open up gyms because f- most of most fighters do they maybe they fight in a big organization like the UFC or whatever then they go back to their hometown mm-hmm. and they open up a gym and then that's that's that was their retirement. Got Basically, it. they they train people have and own their own gym. And you know, when you own something, you can probably earn more than working for somebody. But now, since there's there's a popular uh, gym like based like a MMA gym, 
you know, your your best bet is probably to go work for that gym, now, mm-hmm. earning less money and not being an owner. Got it. And and during this time, I mean, Rampage, obviously you've been in the limelight a lot, but during the time, and you were saying like it's even more now, like what being approached and having fans, right? More mm-hmm. so than before? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I was in yeah UFC, when I went to the UFC, yeah, I, I, my fan base grew. And and do you think like after fighting and having this platform, I mean, you're almost at 600,000 followers. That's a lot, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. um, has that catapulted you into just building? Like, I mean, you are a brand. And I think a lot of people need to understand that. Like your page, you're your brand, you know? Like yeah. everything about you, even if you have only 300 followers, you are creating a brand for yourself and changing in from fighting to branding yourself on social media. Have you enjoyed that process of like now having to be on this platform and being a brand? I I never really thought about it like that. I wish I knew how to capitalize off of it. Maybe I can uh, earn like extra income uh, on the side so I can um, satisfy my car addiction. But you know, (laughs) I, I I never knew how to uh, capitalize off it, so I never really uh, think about that. I was actually thinking about uh, moving to Japan and becoming a porn star as a brand over in Japan because you will do well. Yeah, I think I I think I would do that because I don't think I'm big enough to be a porn star here in America because I have a small penis. But if I if I move to Japan, then I'd be in the in, I'd be in the in the big dick league, and the little Japanese girls wouldn't be able to. To really, you know, I'd be like, I'd be bigger oh compared gosh. to the Japanese penises over there. Oh my gosh! And you're you're big in Japan, huh? The whole saying of big in Japan. Yeah, Rampage yeah. is big in Japan. No, huh? I think well, I think he's average over there. Yeah, because I'm not. Are we big. talking about penis size or? No, I'm talking oh, okay. about c- celebritism. Well, back in the day, now I think they probably forgot about me. But they didn't forget about you. I feel yeah. like Japanese people are very smart. They don't forget about things. I think so there's a couple good. Japanese women that have never forgotten about him. <laughs> 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 I probably got some Blackanese kids walking around over there somewhere. <laughs> Blackanese, which are beautiful, by yeah, the way. I yeah. want, I want to adopt a Japanese little baby girl. So yeah, you can have. You're making beautiful Japanese babies kids. over there. Why don't you? Tell, why don't you tell her what your porn name would be? <laughs> King Kong Ding Dong. <laughs> I was thinking that or Dickzilla. <laughs> Dickzilla. I like Dickzilla because you love the color green and yeah. isn't Godzilla green? So yeah. I, like I, I that could, would work out. I, I could paint my penis green <laughs> oh my over there. I think I, I think they I, would be into that stuff. They're into some really crazy They have some weird, weird porn stuff. That's why I was kind of thinking that's probably my fallback <laughs> position is Dickzilla. yeah, move to Japan and become a porn star. Gosh, honestly, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget where King Kong Ding Dong came from. <laughs> you want to tell us the story? Yeah, <laughs> tell me. Come on, let's do it. Tell me the King Kong Ding had, Dong story. He had so we were. I forget where we were. At, Tennessee. At, we was Tennessee. in Nashville. Oh, we were in Nashville, and this chick came up to him. And this lady, you know, nice lady. She's like, "Oh, hey, can I take a picture with you?" He's like, "You want to take a picture with me?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why?" She's like, "Are you somebody famous?" And he's like. Well, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. He's like, take the picture. She takes the picture with him and she's all smiling. He goes, I'm a black porn star. I got the biggest dick in porn. Oh my my name is King Kong Ding Dong. Oh <laughs> she, she, she got so shy. She, oh my, well, I, I remember. I remember. Oh, man. I 
I'm sure you guys have so many of those stories because I, I remember I remember we were in Hawaii and people were asking I, I feel like a few people were like you're famous and you're like no I'm not like I almost feel like you were telling people that it, it wasn't you no yeah yeah, yeah they're like are you rampage you're like no I'm yeah. not if they ask I always say no because you gotta ask yeah, yeah, you gotta ask your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're not gonna. Yeah, you, yeah. you're not you're not a real fan if you if you gotta ask. Yeah, like, I mean, I can I can tell um, my fans. I can tell our rampage fans as soon as I meet them. Yeah, because they they know me. You know what I'm saying? I I've always been honest about this. You know, I, I love all rampage fans. I don't love all MMA fans. MMA fans are like some of the most biggest trolls in the world. Yeah, some of them they're the worst. Like as soon as you they like fairweather fans. As soon as you get knocked out or get beat. Oh, they write their type to you on your social media. Yeah. They're jumping make, from bandwagon to bandwagon. Oh, man. Yeah. They make fun of you and talk shit about you and shit. And I'm like, you know, that's no respect. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, fuck them. And, and it's really, really cool for you to say that right now because it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's trolls everywhere. I mean, we were talking to a few of, you know, my girls on um, a couple episodes and talking about trolls. And it's like, you know... Um, at the end of the day, like you're human, you know, like you're, yeah. you're, you can't say that to their, like they would never say that to your face. No, you so, know, it's always big fan, big fan. Yeah. Or, and they'll be behind like some fake profile and you know, I, I'm not that big on social, but I've had some people where I, I called them out. I'm like, why don't you let me into your world yeah. so I can see? And they're like, no, I can't friend request you. I'm like, but you can talk shit on my Instagram right. and pretend you know me. Right. And say whatever you want, but I can't see your world. You know, like yeah. I'm putting myself on blast right now. So well, some people say those people are actually your biggest fans. For sure, they're desperate to have you talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Some that's what some people say. Though I think for MMA, like everybody, almost everybody has been in some type of fight. And MMA uh, fighters, we're like the most accessible athletes. You can bump into us anywhere. We're not <clears> like um, uh, we're not like boxers where they have like a big entourage or mm-hmm. actors and stuff where you you have like security and big entourage and stuff around you so people feel like they kind of know us more and yeah. and a lot of times like a lot of male fans they they kind of wish they can be you or be like you or fight like you and so you know they kind of like it's it's kind of like they're hating a little bit and, and they might be your your biggest fan but they mm-hmm. just want to they just want to talk shit on you mm-hmm. because and they really like they hate that they they can't be like you yeah no, for sure, and and it, it it it's not only in your sport. I feel like it's every single yeah, I feel, I genre. Feel, yeah, yeah, I feel it's every, I feel it's every genre. But seem like actors, you know, they get a lot of love. They have less haters and uh, rappers and singers and stuff. They have. Um, they seem like they just have less haters. I I don't I don't know. I mean, well, lately I feel like everyone's kind of <laughs> getting hate. You know, yeah, yeah. from what's going on, I feel like a lot of people are in the same league of trolls. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of trolls. Yeah. Um, so like what's, uh, Teak, what's the, the value? I mean, going back to like, you know, um, I guess, how am I supposed to say this? Um, like, you know, Rampage being one of your, um, fighters that you manage, I mean, with negotiations and all that stuff, like what's the value of your side to help him like with these things and everything? You know, it's difficult for somebody to talk about themselves. You are the number one person that always talks about yourself. I feel like, but that's, sexu- I- that's sexually. They he talk about himself too. That's true. Yeah, to, yeah. If it gets him, but sex. I, but I think this is a great way to. I mean, to tell people, you know, what you do on a day to day to help your fighters get their best negotiations done, and 
you know, be the best that they can be. So right, it's, it's, it's well, what I'm saying is difficult for a fighter to go into a promotion and ask for money himself, right? Yeah, for for anyone for anybody to be to, yeah. to put a value on them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's for me it's much easier to do that to put a value on somebody. Mm-hmm. And I always like to under promise, over deliver, so and exceed expectations. Um, I'm not going to tell you all my secrets. But no, you don't. Well, I, I mean, mean but I think this sport, anyone who's like listening yeah, to you that th- wants to be I a fighter this, or wants to be in your managerial kind of right. Efforts. This sport is relationship based, and I believe I have really good uh, relationships in MMA, and I have a good network. Yeah, and it's easy for me to take somebody from point A to point B, right? And and I and I agree with you. I think networking is so valuable, no matter what business you're in, because people don't realize that. Your relationship, people would rather work with someone that's a friend than work with someone that they don't know, you know, like you trust them more. And throughout the years, even on my end, like I've always tried to stay friends with everyone in the industry. And it's like, you never know, like even to this day, like I talk to people from Hurley or whatever, when I used to model for them and they're like, oh my gosh, I would love to work with you in marketing over someone else I don't know, you know? So you having those relationships for so long, it's so important in business because you were once a fighter and now you're in a position where you know all these people still to this day and they trust you, you know? Well, it's a a rumor. I hate to say this on air, but you guys can edit it out if you want to. But it's a rumor. The reason why Tiki is such a good manager is that he has naked pictures of Dana White and... (laughs) Scott Coker. <laughs> and who else? Who's Scott, the- Scott Coker. Together. <laughs> and so he basically gets what he wants. He got me the you know, he got me the best contract ever. My last contract was the best contract ever. And really? Yeah, it was the most money I ever made. And it was in Bellator, more than what I made in the UFC. Wow. But besides like the pay-per-view. When I was making pay-per-view dollars in the UFC, that was, that's totally different. So you can't scale it on that. Yeah. But And I was totally shocked. I was like... What do you have on Scott Coker for him to give you a contract like this? Trust. Yes. No, he got it's rumors that he got he got trust. pictures. They really trust him. He <laughs> You're like you, like I, you trust me and also you trust me I will not leak out these photos. <laughs> If you don't, it's sign just this, a it's just a rumor. I don't know how true it is. No. And Tiki hasn't confirmed or denied anything, and still right now he's. I, I know Tiki well enough. He has the trust bone. He has the integrity and everything. And when and and you have the right person in your corner, you know, like he's he's doing all the negotiations to better you, and he they know that you're going to do a good job for them. So you're you know? saying if you send Tiki dirty pictures, you can trust that he's not going to show anybody. No, he would 100%. never. He would never. Hundred percent. I bet you if I sent Tiki, well, this is so off color, but if I sent Tiki a naked photo of me, he would not show anyone. If me, I told I'm him the same to. way, I won't show nobody at all. <laughs> That's real though. That's real. Hint, hint. <laughs> what if it was on? The, what if it was on the group text? Oh group, my god! Well, it's, it's, hint, hint. Group, it's group. Send it. Yeah, send it. Send it. I it can, won't ever get on the internet. I can rate all your naked pictures. <laughs> well, I told, I told Tiki to just, you know, put a mic and a and a video camera in the bathroom. So I've got so much dirt on all you guys. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh, well, Congo's so. been using that bathroom for <laughs> three months now, so it's all in French. <laughs> when it's he took a shit, it's in wee French. Wee wee. There's gonna be a lot of dirt. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, I wanted to also talk about um. What does it take to become a champion? Like, what does it take? Man, it takes a lot. It's it's a lot of hard work and dedication. Okay, it takes a it takes a good team. Bullshit. 
Oh, is that Congo? That's Congo. Congo, come say hi. You can't say bullshit and then and then leave. Come on, Congo. Come on, Congo. Come on, Congo. Come, Congo. come on here. Come, come on, Congo. Congo. We we want to know what it feels like to be managed by Tiki. Oh, he can take my mic. Hi, Congo. How you doing? Congo, take we we just off. had a wonderful conversation like about an hour ago. He's a sweetheart. Oh, did you? You met Congo? Yeah. You you can't just walk by a good looking man and a nice gentleman. Congo used and to be a playgirl in France. He was in the, all the Playgirls magazines in France, oh and he used to be an underwear model. Oh, get get Congo in here. How 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 do we help mic him up so we can talk? So, um, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Steal your girl. <laughs> Mr. Steal your girl. <laughs> what, what? No, never. No, no, not Congo. Tiki. Tiki steals all the girls. Yeah, Tiki is a different story. <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, but yeah, let's introduce Congo. Congo, tell us a little about yourself. So um, I'm French, African French, you know, living now in Texas. And I used to be uh, introduced uh, to those guys, you know, Tiki and uh, Fast Rampage a few years ago now. You just called me Fat Rampage? <laughs> no, I think he said Fast Rampage. <laughs> no, he called me Fat Rampage. <laughs> no. Like I'm a different Rampage than, this, than the one he met. Than the one he, yeah, I yeah. am a different. So I look like I ate the Rampage he met. Yeah, and, uh, and just to say as a best friend, you know, um, we just make a bet today about uh, being back in shape, both of us, in eight months. So, you are already in shape, though. I'm not. You You're go. a good looking man. You are, always, you are built. He's always in shape. I, I mean, I, but you know, you know how that is. Like you always think you're not good enough, you know? Yeah, You're I so asked, hard on yourself. I asked him about a secret, and he told me he was on an ass-eating diet. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty healthy. Yep. Just it's fiber. pretty dangerous Just this fiber. Time, this, in this day and age. Yeah. What's going on in the world? Yeah. Uh, it seems like at my age, you know, that's the best time ever. To eat ass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get on that diet. I'm going to start eating ass. I mean, if they start rationing food, you're you're on the right path. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how, how did you meet Rampage? I mean, so, if you guys know each other for how long? Since 2007. Do you remember how we met? So the first time we met uh, in uh, Vegas. They were at yeah, an ass buffet. Yeah, first time, yeah, first time in Vegas during the, the K1. But it was like Barry was just like, what the fucking French come to talk to me? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> No, he's lying. And, and, uh, and at the end, so the, the, the real uh, meeting in, uh, yeah, the real meeting was in, um, in 2007. In Big Bear. Yeah, during Big Bear. Yes. Yeah. I saw Congo fight. And I was excited to meet him because you know his kickboxing and stuff was really good, and yeah. he was a he's a badass fighter. And uh, I wasn't mean to meet him. I, I I wanted to meet him the first time, and then he came to help me train for Chuck Liddell, and he kicked my ass all over the place. And, and Big Brown was like, "Yeah, this is good. this is what you want." Yeah, yeah. he's a good sparring partner. Yeah, and, and you know he didn't hardly speak English back then, but he was still funny. We could tell he was funny. And everything, and we we came really close. Now he's like my big brother. Well, wait. So you guys have been helping each other, like spar and stuff, for that long? That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, this this shows like the type of people you are. You you stick around good people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and now you're being managed by Tiki. How long has this been going on? Oh, probably like uh, three, four years. Huh? Yeah. And yeah, do you have any now. do you have any good things to say about him about managing you? No, honestly, he's doing a really good job. So at some point, you know. You know, the thing is, as a fighter, you know, you're never satisfied because you're always expecting something going going fast. But uh, everything uh, take a procedure, you know, and understanding. So uh, even if for you things come, you know, really naturally and easy to, to set, but for to the other side, not for him. 
you know, it's, it's a big struggle. So you have to make them understand, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, you know, we have the right result. Mm -hmm. So, and for what it is, you know, I, I can complain, you know. For sure, you know, the thing is, nothing used to be uh, due because of him because he, he did a really good job. Today, you know, I'm still performing, you know, at 45 years old, uh, still doing some really good uh, performance, you know. Even if sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not really satisfied because we didn't have the, the right time to prepare properly but right now that that's the case you know and for sure we have to to play the surprise with the guys to making sure you know they can disappear but you know i'm not uh, yeah the thing is I'm, I'm not disappointed i'm I'm really satisfied for what it is and, and i just I, I just heard um you're 40 you do not look 45 wow yeah you look great thank and, you and black don't crack unless black smoke crack <laughs> Well, I mean, what is what is normally the age that like fighters are like? I'm tapped out. I can't do this. My body's 45 breaking. Is. 45, 40, is. 45 is up there, but Congo, it, you know, is very healthy. He's very yeah. he, he doesn't have bad habits. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke, and working out is a part of his life, and that's all he does. All so day. he can go to like 50. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's so important to know. It's like you don't drink. I don't drink either. I feel like youth is when you kind of let those things go to the sure. side and yes and even too with like just being driven yeah. you know you wake up healthy mindsets different yeah. and congo drinks pee though i don't <laughs> i think that, that you know what what what's that movie where he had to drink pee because his arm oh had, what is 127 hours yeah i, I mean yeah. so you are just prepared for yeah. doomsday yes you know oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah, different type of food and yeah. and you know. I got a question for body Congo. fluids. I got a question for Congo. You you say you was born in France, uh, born in Africa, right? No, born and raised in France. Oh, you was uh, but you wasn't born in Africa. No. Oh, okay, but you was born and raised in France. Yes. But your par your parents were born in Africa. Yes. In Congo. Yeah. And and Congo then Congo in uh, Burkina Faso. What you call me? Burkina Faso. <laughs> where that, that's the other part of the the country where my from where my uh, father come from. Oh yes, and and then you moved to to Texas. I moved here first, and after that, Texas. You moved to California. Yeah, but why you moved to Texas? Ah, lifestyle is better over there. Do you do you own a ranch and wear like cowboy outfits and stuff? Are you trying to take yes, my job? Yes, I do. Rampage. I just wanted to know because I never asked him this. I thought you posted a video of him in his ranch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the mustache. Yes, or but, was the, that but, in but the thing is, but from the beginning, he used to join me too. Yeah, <laughs> remember. <laughs> I can see Congo in a, in a cowboy outfit in Texas riding no, a horse. For, for sure, the thing yeah. is, yeah, yeah, I'm African, you know, French African, but uh, you know, wearing the the boots and the and the cowboy hats is gonna be too much for me. What so. you would look good, to be honest. I, I feel like not that many people can pull it off, but I feel like your your body structure, you're tall and you're 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 muscular. Boots would look good on you. You should you should do it for your page and put them in put in an outfit and do a photo shoot for him. Um, yeah, let's just test it. I would, I would tune in for that. Do like a live. I would yeah, let's I would tune let's in test. Let's. He's like do not like an about Instagram it. Like, live no. of Congo, <laughs> Western Western Congo. Yes. Congo and Congo should start our OnlyFans page as well. Oh my gosh, you know what? You should just straight up different different cowboy boots. <laughs> just switching out different cowboy boots and you cowboy should, Congo, hats. Man, people make That's a lot it. of money, man. Yeah, I'd be your OnlyFans. Today's manager. today's cowboy boot is black. <laughs> He'll yeah. be your, yeah, Rampage will be your only fan. <laughs> I'm dying. Yep. Oh, I agree. I agree. Oh, man. Oh, I got lightheaded after that one. <laughs>
Ben Gizmo came to see me and gave me a support. Yeah. Yeah, he's mad at me right now. Most of Congo's opponents are scared about him, so they back out of the fights. Really? They're scared about him. Well, also, too, you so, have such yeah. good composure. I mean, is that like a re- that's a really important thing when being a fighter, right? Is like not showing your cards. Oh, yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Congo Congo's a good poker player. Because, you know, Rampage. He's a before, good fight poker player. I I can tell he's he's very like composed and Paige on the other hand I mean Paige I always thought you were super scary and then like right when you smile it's over it's over with he's got the cutest smile I'm two people uh, you are you are you're you're really <laughs> yeah, scary I'd say right now you're just two people <laughs> oh my god wow damn T I, I think I should Low say two is not enough hit the belt <laughs> Hit underneath the belt. Wow. Wow. Super rude. Rampage. I'm just there's counting just more. how many asses I got to kick. Yeah. Rampage. Rampage. There's just more of you to love. That's thank, how I thank, look at it. Thank you. There's some, more of you to see, love. See, some girls, some girls are chubby chasers. I have a dead bod. <laughs> oh, my God. Dad bod was so big. Yeah. It, it was my really big. My dad bod is pretty big. <laughs> But eight months, I'm going to be looking like Congo in eight months. We already made a $1,000 bet. Oh, no. my gosh. Well, no, I, I'm no excited way. to see that person, too. For sure. I'm so excited to see him lose again. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm so excited to see him. Yeah. I'm going to change my life around. I'm going to stop drinking. After I finish my two uh, bottles of vodka I got at home, <laughs> I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to start doing a gallon and a half of water a day. I'm going a strict, strict diet of okay. only like uh, two thousand. No, <laughs> no, it's not, not KFC. He loves Del Taco. Del Taco. No. Del Taco yeah. is good. I haven't ate Del Taco in he, a long no, time. No, he loves Del so Taco. So what's, what's your choice? Oh, of, well, of, of I yummy food. I haven't been eating fast food lately. Burger but, Kings. But uh, I like Wendy's. You, Congo, you like Wendy's? Shit, Wendy's nuts on your chin. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least you know you're the first one to come to lick my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to be around when this is going down. Oh my god! Oh my god! Bad episode of Bang Bus. <laughs> there, I mean, all the other episodes are like like, and then we have this one. <laughs> oh wow! We want to mess up the show? No, not at all. I all love right. it. All I right. love it. Congo's got to go. Congo, Thank I you, love Congo. you. All right. Thank Congo. you for having me here and. Uh, Keep going a really good interview with uh, Rampage and Tiki. I appreciate but it. the thing is, uh, what I have to say about Tiki, no, he's really good, you know, and uh, he's understanding uh, very well the business uh, as the next uh, fighter. I think, you know, he should go back to, to the cage, you know, just make another fight just for fun, you know, before to hang the, the glove. Oh, shit. Yes. Should be I'm good to see. I'm to pull him. me out of, hey, out of retirement. I'm down. Yeah. It, will I finally get to be front so. row on that one? I agree. So it should be good to see him again. Yeah. Thank you. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. I guess we can transition into you becoming like an actor. Oh, damn. Yeah. Right? I I did that. Yeah. You did do that. Yeah. So what, what, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, what movies were you in? I've been in a few few movies. Most of them like B and C and D movies. But I think the uh, biggest movies I was in is like a midnight meat train and that wasn't a porn so you guys i know what you guys are thinking and uh the 18 yes the biggest movie the 18 i remember how was how was working with um 
What, Liam Neeson? Oh, man, it's the best. I learned so much from Liam Neeson. He, man, he's like one of the dopest human beings. Really? Oh, yeah, he's cool as hell. Oh, you never thank expect goodness, it. you know? Oh, you never, you never, you never expect that he's like one of the funniest dudes, too. You ne- he just hits you out of nowhere, too. You just never expect it. He does not seem like he would be funny. I oh, just look man. at him as like the most serious like that's, actor ever. And yeah, and that's how he told his jokes. He'd be sitting there with his um, little mug. I always thought that he had like tea or coffee, and it was always wine. He's sitting there with his little mug Just all day, like, like in between takes, drinking and stuff. And then we'd, we'd be talking amongst ourselves and stuff. He'd be right there reading the paper and drinking it. Then he'll just say something, just a one-liner just about whatever we're talking and about. Everyone's freaking out. Oh, just Floyd. Just Floyd. He's, and he's like, he's like, we still keep in touch every now and then. He's like, he's That's like, amazing. He's like one of the coolest guys ever. How, how about Bradley Cooper? Because at that time, I, th- I thought you were more famous than Bradley at that no, time. No, Bradley, he just came off the, what, the hangover? and. Um, oh, yeah, he oh, did. Yeah. He yeah, did. Yeah, he that was, was very, like, close by. Str- strangely, Bradley reminded me a lot of Tiki. They, oh, yeah, their for pers- sure. Their personalities are a lot alike. Yeah. And so I got along great really with him. Really well with, with him. Yeah, I got along great with him. He was, Bradley is a really hard worker. He, he's, he's super cool. Um, and who else did you like on that? Oh, uh, Shalto Copley, me and him, uh, the guy that played Murdoch. Uh-huh. He was, uh, he was most popular for his, his, his role in that, um, alien movie. Uh, forgive me for not. District nine. District nine. Oh yeah. yeah he came I from, always thought they were going to come out with another one of that. Yeah. I don't know. Did. I don't know what happened, but he, he, he played like magnificent and stuff too. He yeah. did a lot of, but he, me and him, we was, uh, uh, only two big fans of the, of the TV series. So him and I, we got along great. Like the whole time we was on set together. I acted like Mr. T and he acted like uh, Murdoch. So, so I mean, you know, at some level being an actor and, and being in this this type of position of, you know, still being in the limelight in, a, in another form of it, was it easy for you to transition into, into doing that? Like acting on set and like, you know, you probably have to, what, rehearse and yeah. like it's, it's a different form of discipline, but... You know... Um, I had to study really hard to even get that role, mm-hmm. and um, I, I hired an acting coach, and he helped me out a lot. And um, and then I just decided to make uh, B.A. Baracus a, a mixture of me and my dad, mm-hmm. and and then it, it became easy to me. And then it really wasn't acting once I figured it out to um, just make that role like my own. Yeah. So what what happened? They reached out to you, or did you reach? You, you know what I mean. Like, how did that happen? Well, did year, you get on the A team? Years years prior, I started working with a management, like entertainment management, and they asked me what type of movies and stuff you want to do because, you know, I, I didn't want to audition for every single thing. I said, you know, I just want to do action movies and some comedies, whatever, and stuff easy for me to act because I'm not an actor, right? You know, I'm a fighter. And I said, but if they ever make an 18 movie, I really want to be in a in, in a run for that. And then I'm like, okay. And, and it years, just happened. It just happened. Years yeah. later, they they made an 18 movie, and uh, and John Singleton was supposed to be the director. And so I met with met with him. He was like, yeah, man, you perfect for this role, but you you need to um, learn how to act. Yeah. And, and, and you're I, like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You know, yeah. I I take constructive criticism well. Being a fighter, you know, used to being coach, and it didn't hurt nothing at all. And mm-hmm. so I studied and I studied. He introduced me to a couple of different acting coaches, but I couldn't learn from them from something. He, he introduced me to the people that taught like uh, Ice Cube and everybody, but I, I just couldn't learn from them from some strangers. Nothing about them. I just learned different from other people. Yeah. And um, and, and my manager at the time, he hooked me up with this other uh, actor, Ed Quinn, and, and he, he still does a lot of TV shows and movies and stuff now. He um, And he he just, he knew it. He's like, look, you're an athlete. 
gonna teach you like coaches teach people. And um, and he knew how and he knew how to teach me, and uh, he really helped me out a lot. And so I, I worked hard on that role, and I and I nailed the audition. And everybody, every black athlete, person, actor, everybody wanted this role. Well, I, I was gonna say there must have been so much so much competition because I don't. You, it's not normal for someone like like a fighter to just transition into acting like that. Yeah. You know, like it's not very common. Yeah. And and also too, it's probably because they, you, like you were saying, like this is something you have to actually study and like be good at. And and as a fighter, that's what you're focused at is like knowing how to fight. And so it's pretty impressive that you broke into that um, scene. Yeah, it was. It was being, I, I think it was all. I think it was mostly luck. It was a lot of hard work, but it was. It was mostly luck. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people were trying to go after that that role. You you have to give yourself some credit that you. I'm gonna tell you why I said it because a lot of people didn't understand that they wasn't looking for Mr. T. A lot of people did the auditions dressed as Mr. T and it was trying to mimic him and yeah. act like Mr. T. Me uh, being attached to it before Joe Carnahan, which is the director of it, I was attached to it before that with um with, with John Singleton. John Singleton kind of told me, like, look, we, they're not looking for another Mr. T. They're looking for B.A. Barakas, the character of B.A. Barakas. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people came into the audition dressed like Mr. T and was acting like Mr. T. And and I was probably one of the only ones or only few that came in acting like B.A. Barakas. So I, th I feel like that was the lucky part. I, I, once again, I don't think it's luck. I think it's you being listening, you know yeah. what I mean, and understanding that, like, you're trying to stand out, you yeah. know, and even in the sport of UFC, you've st you've stood out, and um, it's really important in all aspects of business to not always follow. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the sheep. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm a like, wolf, baby. Yeah, yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like they they noticed that you were a wolf in in the room of sheep, yeah. you know, and and that and you have an it factor about yourself anyway. Oh, so you, she you makes, know, she makes a black man blush. Oh man. So, I mean, after that, like, what happened, you know, being on, like, a movie like that with a crazy cast, yeah. you know, like, what happened after that? I was excited about maybe doing more movies because I really like acting. I really like doing action. Like, I'm a big kid. Yeah. I, I wanted to do, like, shooting and beating people up on on screen and doing all this stuff. But, you know, it, that movie came at a <clears> bad <throat> time for me as, as a career because I was scheduled to fight. So, I, I skipped out on the fight. And took the movie instead, and and uh, the UFC wasn't happy about that. Oh, Tik, were you were you were you managing? No, I wasn't. No. Not at okay, the time. got it. So that was that was that was really bad for for both of my careers, fighting and acting. So it was just it just came at a, it just the, the the movies came at a bad time. Like I was in the works for that movie for a long time, it took them like two years or so to even get it get it ready to go. And by the time they was ready to shoot, I I, I was scheduled the fight. Wow. So I just so I just took the move instead of the fight and it was bad. If if you could go back to that time, would you I still do it again. There you go. Then you then you didn't make the right the, choice. Yeah, the only thing the wrong that, choice. Yeah, the only thing that sucked I was scheduled to fight in my hometown. And that was that was the only thing that, that really sucked. I was scheduled to fight in my hometown. But you know, I've I've never really been a big fan of anything in my life or anyone. But I I was always a big fan of the A team and NBA Barakas and Mr. T. I, I was like his his biggest fan as a kid. I used to watch that movie with my dad and stuff. And so it's an honor to yeah. like even be a part of that 
yeah. crew in, yeah. in so many aspects. Yeah, you know? I, it's, it's strange for me to say, but I don't even know what it's like to be a fan. I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know why I'm not that um, into stuff to be a fanatic or whatever, but I was always a big fan of the A-team. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think it's really cool that you still look back and you, you don't want to change that. And, and obviously you made the right choice, your intuition of, of doing something like that. But also, too, I mean, for anyone who's listening who wants to um, be a part of this sport and growing up maybe in in different situations of fighting, like, you know, like in the, in the sense of like, you know, growing up in, in maybe different areas that, you know, that, that is kind of the way you survive. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you, what can you say to kids that are kind of, you know, wanting to turn that into a positive way of uh, like MMA, wrestling, fighting, MMA has really turned my life around. It made a positive impact on my life. Like I said, I grew up fighting. I used to always like fight bullies and bad people because I don't, I don't like bullies, right? So I got kind of good at it. I was fighting people bigger than me and better than me, and always protecting my friends and stuff. But you know, but I would get in trouble, and I, and so wrestling changed my life, make me. I, I fought less, like because a lot of times when you fight, it is kind of out of fear. You don't know, especially when you're fighting on the street. Mm-hmm. So it's something positive come out of when you train martial arts, and especially you have the right mindset. You don't go around like picking fights and and beating up on people. So it made a positive. Um, it made my life more positive, and it just changed. It changed my life. I say, if people want to become a fighter, I, I think it's a good idea if if you if you have like the skills or. If you don't have the skills to be a, a, a pro fighter, at least you can train and you know build confidence. Yeah. But for the young fighters that that, that that's getting into MMA, I would say look at MMA like a uh, a short lifespan sport. And I think acting is a good outlet to go to because, like I said, people back in the day used to open gyms, mm-hmm. and now it's, that's going to be kind of uh, hard to do, especially <clears throat> with everything going on in this world. You yeah. don't know if another pandemic or whatever come back you you lose money with a closed gym yeah i would say as you fight and take acting classes and and try to go that route because you can you can act until you owe mm-hmm. i i i agree with you i think that if you are interested in this sport you you have to have like a business strategy you yeah. know like you know there's like you said teak and and rampage it's like there is a timeline with this but I mean, what's your next move after that? And you can build during those eight years of like, okay, I'm going to build my social. I'm going to, you know, bring in brand deals and secure them for, you know, multiple years. And then also, how am I going to pivot into something else that still creates awareness of who I am as a brand, as a, as an athlete, and then build from there Yeah. and, and using this to catapult yourself. If, if you want to get into MMA or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, you use it to catapult yourself. Yeah. You can have a dope OnlyFans. Yeah, I mean. You promote on, the hell out of that. OnlyFans, you know, obviously a lot of it has this reputation of, you know, let's get naked. Um, but I think that what I've noticed in the industry that I'm in, it's actually pivoting right now. A lot of um, uh, musicians are getting involved in OnlyFans, um, just having premium content, everything. Yeah. So everyone's trying to find a way to obviously make money during this time if they're going to be at home. Yeah. But um, not everything, not every platform is, you know, shake your butt. But yeah. I respect it if you if that's, you know, how you're making your money. But, yeah, make your money. Yeah. Um, I ain't hate. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that 
I agree with you. I think there's there's a lot of different ways to pivot. Tiki, you've showed us that you've pivoted, and I've known you for a long time, so I've seen you as a fighter, and I've seen you grown into this, and it's so insane to see because I re- I respect you so much, and and a lot of people don't know this, but I used to actually be an assistant to Tiki, and I was really bad at it. And I think mainly because I'm not good at taking direction. I'm good at leading, and so being under his wing it was really hard for me to have someone tell me what to do he fire you i don't i mean yes <laughs> <laughs> I like it wasn't like you're fired but it was more like maybe this isn't the right job for you she's so sweet how did you fire her man <laughs> hey yeah a tough job it, you know what has, honestly has to be fired but i look really what it made her do yeah i really think the, the the pivotal moment for us of me getting fired is he really needed to, to have me book him a flight and i remember just being oh my god i'm really gonna fucking suck at this and i did and he booked it himself and i was like this is when i know i am not a good assistant it wasn't <laughs> that pretty much it because i yeah. remember on the phone call you're like oh god she's cute but not cute enough to be my assistant. Did you do it like Donald Trump? Did you do the thing like you're fired? No, no. he didn't. I no. mean, we've always been so cool to each other. Nice and like, oh, okay. yeah, I mean, he was, I don't even remember. That's how nice you were about it. I remember <laughs> getting fired. <laughs> I feel like I was just pushed away. Tiki probably took you out to the bar or dinner and brought another person. Said, so you want to meet my new assistant? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's probably yeah. This is uh, just a reminder that you're not working for me anymore. But yeah, but I mean, that's kind of, I remember, I remember that so well and it's exactly, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I know that I'm a leader. I'm, I can't, I can't take, yeah. I, I feel just you. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm yeah, Some people way. can't take direction. They no. have to just, you know, yeah. blossom and do the, do it on their own. And yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay's doing it. Are you proud of me? Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Tiki's signaling me that he has to leave. I mean, I'm very impressed that he didn't use his phone most of this time that we talked right but rampage is the best he's been like so alert aware and professional and, and, right? and professional I yeah been looking down from time to time i'm I, sorry i mean rampage i will say you are professional but i think we talked about ass like every other 10 minutes <laughs> i think you proved that i had an ass fetish yeah and right no i don't though that's what they all say i'm you in know? denial um, but guys, I, I'm so happy that you came on. I, I think this was really fun and I got to learn so much about you, Rampage. And obviously, Teak, I love learning about you. And I mean that seriously. Thank you. Yeah. So well, we um, have to do this again. Yeah, please. Uh, so yeah, we are. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>